Welcome to Step Up, a podcast series brought to you by TFN South Sudan, featuring inspiring conversations about the youth to encourage and engage them to transform their lives and that of their communities. March 30th is the International Day for Zero Waste that was proclaimed by the UN General Assembly last December to formally recognize the importance of zero waste initiatives around the world. The day aims to promote sustainable consumption and production patterns and raise awareness about how zero waste initiatives contribute to advancement of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. So in this episode of our podcast, we'll take time to reflect on some local youth initiatives in South Sudan created specifically to work towards waste management and what more we can do to ensure proper disposal and management of our waste in our homes, communities and the country at large. My name is Rosemary Wilfred. I'm the Media and Communication Manager at TFN South Sudan. I'm the host for this conversation. Step up. Inspiring young minds. Now, around the world, waste generation rates are rising every year, and compared to those in developed nations, residents in developing countries, especially the urban poor, are more severely impacted by unsustainably managed waste. And in low-income countries such as South Sudan, over 90% of waste is often disposed in unregulated dumps or openly burned. These practices create serious health, safety, and environmental consequences. For instance, poorly managed waste serves as a breeding ground for disease vectors and it also contributes to global climate change through methane generation and can even promote urban violence. So managing waste properly is essential for building sustainable and livable cities, but it remains a challenge for many developing countries and cities. And just like any other city, Juba and its surrounding suburbs face the challenge of poor waste management and very little is done to care for the environment as well. So despite efforts from the city authorities to keep Juba clean, it is a common sight to see piles of poorly disposed garbage, especially along the roads, residential areas and main markets. This has led to pollution of our natural environment and as a result it affects our air quality and human health. Some of the waste that is being discarded into water bodies such as streams and rivers end up contaminating water supplies and destroying aquatic life. So what can be done to regulate waste management in a city like Chuba? And what are the youth doing about it? Well, to begin with, let's hear from one of the young women engaged in waste management in Chuba who will be sharing her story and inspiration with us. Alice Sabun is a graduate of environmental science and has worked for many years in the petrochemical sector. She's very passionate about environmental care, waste management and recycling of waste products. Welcome, Alice. Thanks for joining us on our podcast today. Can you tell our audience briefly about yourself and the initiative that you recently started? Uh, so my name is Alice Saboni. I am the founder and CEO of EcoClean Environmental Services and Consulting. My background is environmental science. I was born in Juba, but I grew up in Uganda and in the U.S., so after living in the U.S. for over 20 years, I decided to come really back home to my birth country and founded my company, EcoClean. So what exactly inspired you to come up with this initiative and call it EcoClean? So um, 
One of the biggest thing is, of course, after leaving as a teenager to the U.S. and finishing my school over there, I have a B.S. in environmental science and an M.S. in environmental management, and I've worked in the environmental sector, mainly in petrochemical for over 12 years. My father passed away, and with a lot of South Sudanese, when they do that, their wishes to be buried back home. So that was my first intro really into a country that I was born in as a child, but had to leave as a refugee. And I came into Juba in 2019 to bury him. But then, even if you've never been home, they say you go east, you go west, but there's always something that makes you come home. Mm -hmm. And just coming into Juba in 2019, it was just that era where Juba is different right now, of course. You see the issue of environmental uh, issue everywhere, from waste pollution to people cutting down trees to you're having a lot of dust, and you can really see the issue of environmental degradation everywhere. So it's just made me want to do something, right? Um, I went back to the U.S., COVID hit. And it allowed me to work from anywhere I could in the world. And I chose to come back to Juba. So I spent most of my COVID time in Juba, actually, just working remotely. But it really gave me a chance to really fall in love with my country and really seeing that maybe I'm one of the few selected to go out to study, but it's time to come and do something back home. And after hitting that 10-year mark in a career, which I had a successful career in a petrochemical field, then I'm like, what What next, right? What next? Mm -hmm. It's not about the money. The so-called American dream, I felt like I've attained it at that point where I have the house, I've done what needs to be done as an American dream. Mm -hmm. But it's just not enough. My soul is not rested and my heart is not rested, especially after seeing the things that is needed right here in South Sudan in the environmental sector. So that kind of gave the birth to EcoClean Environmental Services and Consulting. I came back in last year. Uh, in May, I decided to really just quit my job, quit my job in the U.S. and move back 100% to really give life and birth to this new company and do several things in it. That's a very impressive step that you've taken. And do you regret anything? No, uh, it's been difficult than I thought it was going to be, right? Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was I'm going to be saying. really, really easy in a sense that the positivity and the changes you wanted to do. But I realized it's not easy. It's not really easy. Uh, the cultural change, it was a, one of the big things. But running a business, too, especially running a business as a woman, and everybody thinks I'm younger than I look. So it's really, really been hard, those things that I've taken for granted. Now, I've worked in the oil and gas field. I've worked with Texas, where they say it's one of the racist countries. <laughs> but being as a black woman, I've always been one of the few. But um, coming to Jupa, it was tenfold. wasn't a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to face. So it has not been really difficult. But just going back home every day and knowing that, you know what, I did something right today. Or getting somebody who will find you on the road and be like, oh, you're that girl, right, mm -hmm. who is doing this waste management. Or I saw your truck everywhere. Thanks for what you're doing. So I've received so many thank you than I've had ever in my life right here in Juba. And that's enough sometimes. That is, that is, that is heartwarming. 
sure. that is heartwarming and that just gives you the ability to push on those difficult areas and keep pushing and just saying, you know what, I can't give up. If right. I give up, then what's going to happen? Sure. Now, when you look around Juba City, especially, I can call it environmental crisis. But I wonder what exactly was the peak for you when you look around to see what change you could bring? What was it that drew you to the idea that you need to do something? Did you see something? Did you hear something? Or did somebody tell you to do something? Uh, nobody told me to do anything. The biggest thing is when I came into Juba, I came through Uganda. And we, t- we came through the border, we drove. Mm-hmm. And anybody wants you to reach Nessie too. And you see the open dump. And then the you come through the, the pile. And then you come through Gumbo Sherekat. And then you cross the bridge. It's like more and more garbage. Yes. <laughs> All you see is nothing but a mom of garbage. And it was in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. If you ever sat on the Nile and just watched in the evening, your heart will sink. I know. And you can see just a pile of plastic just going down the river. And that was the first thing that knocked me. And I was like, what is going on, right? Mm-hmm. We're in the U.S. We don't litter. I've worked in a chemical plant where we, if they spill an ounce of something, I've been woken up at night. If it's one pound of something, I'm calling Germany because that's where our uh, headquarters was. And here we are. It was that thought where I'm like, nah, I have to do something, right? Yeah. I, I must do something. I think it, was not, it wasn't I have to do something. Like, I must do something. Mm-hmm. This is the convention of where, and I cannot do it remotely. I cannot be in the U.S. and try to do this because that's the time when I really spent during COVID and I'm working remotely there and I'm here walking around looking and trying to convince myself, like, go back to your life in America and you can just help with, like, virtually and things like that. But it won't work like that. It will not work. And then I had to go back and be like, yeah, if not me, who else? Sure. And I've always looked into, especially in the environmental sector, as South Sudanese, there's very few that I can count with my hand that are actually in this sector who are doing it. Mm-hmm. Then if not us, who else? Who else is going to save us? Sure. Are we going to depend on the NGOs? Are we going to depend on the organizations? Are we going to depend on uh, American or USID, USAID, European Union? It's not. Sometimes, especially when it comes to waste management, you have to translate it in the way we know how. Right. There is certain awareness message and things like that just does not yet sit in right with us because it has to be broken in a terms that we know. And it's actually it's down to cultural norms, especially for us South Sudanese. We have the East African culture now, but we have this one who came from Khartoum, the Khartoumas who have the, uh, the Islamic endowment in us. So we're really a mixed bridge that is really to bridge those uh, awareness campaign to do it, you really have to do it in a special way in yeah. order to make impact. Sure. So, for someone who does not understand solid waste management or environmental care for that matter, how will you explain this concept? That is a big question for me, even to tackle when I talk about environmental care, when I talk about waste management, and especially people say, What are you talking about? 
because let's just note that after the CPA and after South Sudan became a country, so many people came into the city who has never had any inclination of waste management, of right? Mm -hmm. They burn their trash, there's not much, and now you come to a city like Juba because of insecurity, it's densely populated. Things that we did in the bush back in the day cannot be done in Juba. Mm -hmm. And we tend to do we, we tend to do that in Juba where you'll find people burning trash in the morning and burning in the evening and the air quality is really, 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 really not not okay. So in order for you to really very simple term is to really say environmental care and waste management is all about your health. This is what needs to be done. When you think about it, think about your health. Think about the environment around you. Think about the air quality you're breathing. If you do A, B, C, D, Z, you'll breathe better air quality. You won't face a lot of the issue with the environmental degradation, with the climate change impact and all that. It's really about you. Yeah. When you make it personal like that, I think you get a little bit more from people because it's not that thing that wastes over there at the curb of your house. This is about you and me. Sure. And this is about our livelihood. Right. So what do you do as a company to ensure that Juba is clean, for example, and that the solid waste within the city is well managed? Uh, so for EcoClean Environmental Services, we have, um, really we're building to have six sectors. And one of the biggest sectors that we are well known for is waste management. Right now we are in Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, we're in Torit, in Eastern Equatoria. And then in Juba, we have four compactors that we invested in that are actually proper waste compactors in Juba. So this is really what we do mostly with the waste management, which is collection and disposal for some of the areas in Juba and mainly outside Juba right now. This is our area of operation, which is in Lori Payam. And we hope in the future we will be able to actually do something with plastic pollution and be able to recycle this. Um, can you explain a little bit more on waste collection and disposal? How do you do it with your team? So in Juba right now, what we find out when I came to Dubai, which is another cultural issue, is that um, waste is being collected on the streets. Mm -hmm. When you walk around in the morning, what you see is in the middle of the streets where we're supposed to plant flowers and all these different things, that is where waste is collected, accumulated per se because the city haven't got the chance to really go in, into residential areas to collect the waste or into a neighborhood or into market. So even if you find in the market, everybody understood that if they bring waste to the street, that's where it will be collected. So that becomes really where waste gets collected, which is really sad. Yeah. And it's really a horrible scenery to see but this is how waste gets collected. For us, even in Lurie, where we handle that site, this is where, for the last six months we operation, this is mainly where the waste is. So you spend a lot of your time collecting waste on the, on the street. And that is a way that we have really tried to work so hard with, uh, with the government to see if there's laws or if there's other ways to do it 
and these are the things where I said it's not really easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be really easy. You would bring beans, you would do this, you would do this, or there'll be a truck right there. But nobody will put their trash in the truck, right? As no. soon as you walk away, they will set it on the curb. <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> That's what, what I see every time I walk That's through why. the streets. Yeah, it's and it, it buckled my mind so much to say, I sit there sometimes and I watch my trucks pass by, especially in the market. Mm-hmm. But they will never, like they're afraid of the, this waste truck or for some reason. <laughs> but they're so comfortable just setting it right there in the middle. And you're like, but the truck just passed by. And sometimes I sit there, I watch them, I'm like, just why? And 99% of them will just shrink their shoulders like, I don't know. Yeah. Why do they say like that? Like you said, it could be a cultural problem. It's a cultural problem, yeah. but it's just, I don't want to call it a cultural problem, but I think what happened in the past is that in order for your waste to be picked, people know if I put it right there on the street, the government will come and take it. Oh, wow. So... Everybody just start doing it. And then if I put it on the street, nobody's going to say anything. Mm-hmm. There's no consequence, right? Mm-hmm. There's no compliance. Right. But if I leave it in my store, it will never get picked. And it will bother you. It will bo- Nobody want to say it with waste. <laughs> of course. Absolutely not. <laughs> if I'm in my neighborhood, I would bring trash from my home, full in my car, I will come and put it at night in the middle of the street. Because I know what? The government is going to come in the morning and pick this trash. Because trucks are not coming into neighborhoods. And I don't blame the government or anything like that because the capacity is not there. But the worst thing is the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. We face that a lot, even for us, that there's some residence area. I will get a call from a resident like, I'm willing to pay. Can you pick my trash from my home? Mm-hmm. And I have to say no, because I can't get to you, because there's no roads. Right. My truck cannot make it to your home, especially during rainy season, mm-hmm. because there's no roads. Then what is that person going to do? Yeah, that's another problem. There. Right? They'll find a way to bring it to the road. And drop it there. And drop it there. <laughs> then he doesn't have to pay anything. Of course. <laughs> but I think that's the issue is with the issue of waste management in Juba is very, very complex because we first need to get roads. We secondly need to deliver services to the people in the, in, in the neighborhood. And number third, we really have to do a massive awareness campaign to really, when it comes to cultural change and norms, it's not very easy. Right. And number fourth, we have to have waste regulation. We have to teach our kids on not littering. I remember one coming and everybody's sleeping. I'm here, I'm holding on to my, my, my food or my thing. Everybody's like, the window, pop! The car is coming and everybody's just flying. <laughs> you will see somebody in this beautiful V8 will drink. It's like, pop! Throw it out the window. Of the car. Of the car. Not knowing that it might actually fly and hit the other person's windshield and could cause a damage which could hit his car. Yeah, sure. But we're just comfortable doing it. I think it, there's a lot that needs to be done from the way I see in terms of awareness raising. Yeah. But at the moment, at your own level, is is that one of the things that you're trying to do, especially in communities that you, you and your team work in? Yeah, in communities that we're working, we're really trying to push the awareness. People are willing to do it. Mm-hmm. And we have even partnered with local youth who are actually doing it within their community 
to really work with them with the awareness and even with the segregation, even with the families that have already signed with us and we're able to pick their, their trash from the community, we're really encouraging them to segregate. We have different kind of trash bags. We have a blue and organic. We're setting, we've been setting up a, what we call a hot organic compost. It's really mm -hmm. a, a, fun, um, a simple way of composting your organic waste to some kind of a rich fertilizer. I call it hot because it's a homemade. It's not a machine or anything like that. Mm -hmm. We are starting to collect the plastic separately and then the other waste too. We do it completely separately so that they don't really, it reduces the amount of waste we have to take mm -hmm. to the dumping site because the dumping site's far. We, you have to pay for to dump and there's government fees and there's all these. So if we segregate, it really makes it easier, not only on us, on them too. And we try to collect the recyclable for free. So that's another way we encourage people to say segregate it. If you segregate it properly, guess what? Your trash is reduced by 50%, and so is your cost. Right. Because we can hold on to some of these recyclable items as we're moving on to other ways of how to manage it. So slowly, slowly in our own terms, that has really helped because mm -hmm. a client will be like, you say what, by 50%? Mm -hmm. You just have to segregate it. Right. And they will because what is going to the dumping site would be less. And it's actually saving for all of us as a company and even for them. So this has been kind of our way of doing it and working with some of this youth group within the areas and Shekel Hill in some of the areas that we're able to reach to the roadside in a good, decent condition that we can. So how can you encourage the rest of the young people in other parts of the city to do the same and try to do small things in their own capacity to ensure that solid waste is managed well? I think uh, there's a notion that I learned in Juba that people say that the issue of solid waste is a government issue. Mm -hmm. It's not a government but issue. But that's not true. It's not true. Everywhere in the world, you're responsible for your waste. You have to pay for your waste to be collected. Mm -hmm. I haven't heard anywhere in the world, even in, uh, in the European countries, even in the U.S., I pay about $35 a month for my waste to be picked up. So that notion has to change, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really up to us youth to really see the change in us. Like I said, we've worked with a few other groups in Gudele, mm -hmm. and what they do is they actually go around the neighborhood. They talk to each other. They even collect trash. They say on this day of the week, they'll collect money from each, each household. Just they small will, amount. Small amount. Mm. They will coordinate it. They will even work with us. EcoClean is willing to work with any youth group who wants to do something within their community. We'll subsidize our services. We'll come and pick up the trash. As long as you coordinated, you pass them trash bags, and everybody will have their trash in front of their, their homes. Mm -hmm. And then they come once a week. So for, for the youth in those communities to really stand up, work with the Dakota councils, to work with them really coordinated, let's not wait for the government to come. If we can clearly see the government is not able to reach residential, they're still struggling trying to maintain the streets and the markets, the face. So when it comes to the residential, if the youth can really rise up and say, we're living here. We see this is the filthiness of the community. We see that in the evening because the waste has not been collected, trash is getting burned. I live in a residence where I found out, I moved to this house during rainy season. 
there is a stream that passes by. I was like, oh, beautiful. This is nice. But now it's in a dry season. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have respiratory issues because what happens in the morning, trash is banned right in front of my house. This is where the trash goes. Apparently, I didn't know that mm-hmm. during the trash. In the evening, I can't even sit outside because the air quality is so, so bad that I'm developing a respiratory issues and I have to move. I have wow. to tell the landlord, like, I'm sorry. That's and very sad. Me, like, what do you mean? I'm like, I can't live here because the trash gets burned in front of me, in front of my house. And in the morning, the air quality is really bad. In the evening, the smoke, all you smell is smoke because it's right in front. This stream turned into a waste disposary, per se. So if you live there for all your life with such a condition, what happened to the health of the people in that area. Sure. But if the youth can rise up and really look at this one issue as being a health issue, mm-hmm. too, during the rainy season where there's a flow of water, this is where trash goes, the mosquito breathing in, the issue with the respiratory, and start coordinating efforts without waiting for the government and really taking the initiative and really doing the awareness one by one the way we do it, we like to work with the Gota Councils and this because we cannot reach all of them. But we can reach one or two or three or four who can go back and cascade the message down. I think that would make a huge impact. Step up. Inspiring young minds. That was Ali Sabuni, the founder of EcoClean, an initiative for solid waste management based in Juba, South Sudan. Now, as you may have heard from her, she works with a group of young people who are committed to keeping their neighborhood clean. This particular group is led by Wani James, who spoke to me about what they do and some of the challenges they face as a youth group dealing with waste management within their neighborhood. I'm by name is uh, James Wani Angelo. LGGT means uh, let's go grow together. As, uh, as LGGT, we have we decided to, to clean our neighborhood because it will not be fair to, to stay in a place in a dirty condition. That's why we came up with this first, uh, first assignment to do in the area. Even we are trying to extend more than that. We have this issue in the area whereby everyone minds about their compound. But the roads and the other things, they just dump things uh, in, in a random way. That's why we came up with this idea whereby we have young people who are moving around. We have children playing around the roads, and it may have a very bad effect on them. That's why we came with this idea, to educate them also, to tell them on how we, we should manage our waste. But what we do is we explain to them what are the effects of having garbages within your surrounding. Especially when you come to Juba here, people are not uh, capable enough of keeping waste. You see, you find someone burning rubbish near where they are just cooking. You see that. We, we give them an awareness that you see, whatever that you do closer to where you are eating, it will have an, e- an effect on your body. Whether burning, whether these uh, remaining food items, you pour them down. And the other thing is uh, leaving kids to defecate around the compound, these are all the things that we used to what to, to educate them. We tell them. So how do you help the people, especially in the separation? Do you give them containers? Okay, we give them bags. 
plastic okay. bags. Mm -hmm. We give them like, for instance, uh, in a month, we, we first we count the month. We see the month have mm -hmm. sometimes 31 days, sometimes 30 days. We give them six bags. We say one is for plastic, plastic materials, two is for those solid things, and the other one is just these are mere three leaves or the other things. You put them aside, you put them separately. We also had an uh, agreement with EcoClean. Mm -hmm. We are working in partnership with them. They used to carry for us the, the, those garbages. They have started also the campaign for recycling those materials. So we will be working hard and hard in order to make sure that we eliminate all those kind of things and we bring our people to clear vision on how they can manage their waste within their communities. And we'll be there to assist them in what kind of things that they need to know. This is something new, like you said, the environment used to be a bit dirty and people are just disposing garbage anyhow without proper management. care or management. Mm -hmm. So how are they generally receiving this? Do they agree? Are they listening? Or do they still do things carelessly, especially disposal of uh, waste? Okay, after, after when they receive this, uh, this awareness and they have seen how consistent we are during these activities, most of them turn up because now they have learned a lot of things and within the neighborhood, you can even see there's a change. In the past two years, there, there's a bit of a difference in the, in the community. You may find someone fearing to, to throw an empty bottle. And uh, what we also do to them is that uh, we tell them to spread the information to those who didn't get. For those who are in, in different areas, there are new people coming. Whoever comes around, please try to spread the information on when the truck is coming to pick garbages and what they should do. If your garbages are not piled up, you should start piling them up because our time is always coming, so we come and pick them up. All right. Is there any challenge that you experienced at the onset of the project? Okay. The main challenges we're having is the issue of truck. Sometimes the truck doesn't come in time and it, it affects our work because our community are now relying on us because they know that in every 15th of the month and the 30th, our truck used to come. And we are also relying on ECO. If ECO Clean Company didn't come in time, it will also affect us and it will affect our, what, our communities. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that uh, we are lacking skills. Okay? Our skills are not enough. Actually, we are not specialized on those things, but we are trying to change our communities. So we are lacking skills. We need more skills on that, basically. And uh, the other challenges is that uh, you know, uh, this issue of uh, collecting money from people. To understand the situation within the country is not that really fair. But because we need to help them, also we need them to help us so that we carry those things. We actually, we don't need anything from them because it is our will to give them the services as a youth of the area. But we cannot just go and bring someone's truck and to carry those garbages without paying them. Mm -hmm. So it will cause for us also a problem. That's why we just collect those little money from them and uh, material things for working like we have gloves we have gumboots we have helmets we have uh, overalls we have gloves we have ear mutes we have a lot of things face masks you see you need sanitizers so you're saying sometimes you don't have enough of these Actually, items always and the other thing is financially the one the communities are giving are not feeding up enough what we are hoping is that one day, one time, things will change around. And we are expecting to expand this world beyond even Juba. Because it is our country. No one can clean for us our country. It is, a, it is we the youth. As, as a youth at home, you see, for example, like a gentleman. 
when you're inviting your friends at your home. So you need to make sure that your house are cleaned up. Our neighborhood is like our home where we are sleeping. So what if I, I invite someone from Uganda or from Tanzania to come and visit me and when come and see that where I'm living is too dirty to give a bad image. So I'm calling upon each and every youth within this country or beyond this country. Don't say that if the elder ones cannot clean for us our, our neighborhood, then we the, we the young ones, I really want to clean for them. No, we should not think of that. Think of how positive you can be to your community, such that the young ones will grow also and see what you are doing. You know, like Rwanda and Tanzania plus Kenya. When I took a trip to that side, the way I saw that country, it even it pains my heart. If that country can be cleaned up to that extent, how are we, the South Sudanese, especially the youth? So it is my message to them, they should not sleep, they should fight for their future, they should fight for their right. Their right is the right for others. Once they do things which are good, it will also have an impact on others. It will attract people from outside to come and live within where you are staying. Step up. Inspiring young minds. that we have come to the end of this edition of Step Up Podcast brought to you by TFN South Sudan which discussed waste management and how young people can get involved in ensuring that their households, neighborhoods or communities are waste free. Zero waste initiative such as the one we just talked about can foster sound waste management and minimize and prevent waste. This contributes to reducing pollution, mitigating the climate crisis, conserving biodiversity, enhancing food security, and improving human health and well-being. So join the campaign and be part of any zero waste initiative in your area at school and in your community. Achieving zero waste requires action at all levels and as young people you have a role to play. Together we can achieve a zero waste country. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Rosman Wilfred, the Media and Communication Manager for TFN South Sudan and we hope you join us again in the next episode. Step up. Inspiring young minds. <laughs>